Hi, listeners. Just a quick note that this week's podcast was recorded in the before coronavirus time when we were still encouraging the elderly to get out and meet people. So when you listen to this story, know that we aren't advocating for seniors right now to get outside. That's probably a bad idea. Still, we hope this story will make you smile while you're sitting at home socially distancing. Hi, folks. I'm Samantha Swindler. And I'm Tom Hallman. And you are listening to Oregon Lives. This is the podcast where we talk about the stories that we've been working on at The Oregonian. And they're the kind of stories that are about people. These are stories that, if you read, will linger with you for days, weeks, months, and even years. I know that because I've been doing this for 41 years, and I still get emails on stories I've written 25 years ago. They matter. We need these stories. These are stories about people doing interesting things or leading interesting lives. So this week we're going to tell you about Mel Hayes. Everybody's heard about the Hells Angels. Everybody's heard about various biker gangs, the wild ones. Well, we're going to introduce you to somebody who has his own gang. All of them are over 90, and they ride mobility scooters. And it's called Mel's Scooter Club. Okay, the first thing I want you to know is my last name is Hayes, H-A-Y-S, and don't put an E in it. If, if you don't do one thing, just put H-A-Y-S. <laughs> Perfect. The bar is so low that I think I can manage that. Well, my full name is Clayton Melvin Hayes. I'm 97 and three months. I'm a retired lieutenant colonel, and I used to fly P-51 fighters. 20 years in the service. I heard about Mel Hayes while I was at the gym. And this man was talking about somebody who he sees riding by his golf course in a mobility scooter, one of those things that have a basket in front of it. And I thought it'd be kind of funny because I ride a motorcycle. I thought, oh, maybe I'll get my motorcycle and ride out there with this guy. It took a long time to connect with Mel Hayes. And when I did, I realized the story changed. And we're going to learn more about Mel and his scooter club right after a short break. As a storyteller, you have to be flexible because the people I write about and that you write about have not been exposed to the news business. They don't know why we're even there. They say, come on in. I'll talk to you. And in discovering the story about Mel, the scooter and the fun of the scooter club gave way to something that was more beautiful and more powerful. And that's about a man in the last chapters of his life ends up in a senior living facility in Washington County at the Laurel Park retirement community. And he didn't want to be there. He lived a full life, had grown up in the Depression with parents who were not all that great to him. Do you want me to start with a little life story? Well, anyway, I was born during the Dust Bowl and did a lot of traveling with an old pickup, my folks. So I was kind of a run around till I was probably 12 or 14. I made a home in Downey, California, graduated from high school. I went to Portland, was building homes in East Portland. Uh, at 19 years old, I was a journeyman carpenter. 
And then the war started and I was skiing on Mount Hood at the big lodge and they bombed Pearl Harbor. And that, make it quick, I jumped in my car about three days later, drove all the way back to Downey, California, and joined the Air Force. He was a World War II fighter pilot, had been shot down. During the war, I came back to Grants Pass, and in a grocery store, I met my wife, Jenny. She was sorting eggs in the back of the store. She tossed a raw egg at me, and I caught it. We dated for 30 days and got married. Lasted 68 years. She passed away, what, nine years ago, and that's why I'm here. And he does not want to live there. His body had betrayed him. He needed a scooter to get around. And one day he's in the hallway riding a scooter and he runs into another man on a scooter and they started talking about their scooters. I came down to eat and I saw a red scooter like this, like this one of mine. And I said, who owns that scooter? It's really cute. And they told me, Bert and Ole Barker. I said, does Bert get out and ride his scooter around? Oh no, he can't go out of the building because he can't find his way home. And I said, I'll be back tomorrow and I'll take him for a ride. I came up, she bundled him all up and we went scootering. And I said, you know, Bert, you really enjoy this? He says, yes. And I said, okay, we're gonna find you some more people to ride with. So that's how this club started. Just as simple as that. It, it's a Laurel Park Scooter Club. Mel gets 13 people on these mobility scooters and leads them on the trails that surround the facility. They'll go on up to 10-mile rides. Where is this place? It's out near, off 26, near Bethany. We've been uptown. We go all over the place. I have different routes all over the weather keeps us sometimes, but, but everybody looks forward to it. It's wonderful relaxation. This is not just circling the, the no, block. No, they, they go out on a grand adventure, and they ride single file. There's certain rules. You have to follow single file. Some of them had to learn how to use the buttons to go back and forth. How often do they go out? They go out every Friday, except... When it's too hot, when it's too cold, when it's snowy, when it's raining, they're particular. They're fair weather riders. And that whole area is really beautiful. It's the Tualatin Hills, Hills Park, Park and, and Recreation. Recre- yes. Yeah. It's a lot of series of uh, trails and wetlands and park. Beautiful area. And people who hear this can go out there and walk. Go out on a Friday when good weather, you might run into mail. I put a GoPro camera on their scooter because it was hard for me with the camera equipment to really go with them. So um, I have, I captured their trip in video and you can hear all the cars honking as they go by. And you can see Mel, he waves and says hi to everybody. Hi there. And as they're passing kids on bikes and people, you know, moms with strollers, everybody's waving and saying hi. People honk their horns. People run out from their houses and take pictures. The craziest thing was when they crossed West Union Road. There's a crosswalk with a light, but I'm thinking, I'm on a scooter that might weigh 80 pounds, and people stopped and they waved. 
And it was, it's not just old people puttering around the parking lot. They go on the trails. It's a whole experience for them. I mean, people see them coming and they're identifiable, right? Because he has these flags. Mel got a flag made that says Laurel Park Scooter Club. And everybody on the scooter puts that flag up there. So you know who's coming. They're like these baby blue little flags. Right. These little triangle flags that stick out of the back of their scooters. If you have a club, you got to designate it but somehow. So I said, well, we got to have some flags because it's wonderful for me to see all eight or nine flags down the trail. So I went out there after you first talked to Mel and interviewed him and talked to some of the people who are in the scooter club about why they enjoy being in the scooter club. I go, I go by Ole, O-L-E. That's how the scooter club started. Bert and myself and Mel decided that others would like to do what we're doing and we wanted to get out and ride on some of the trails that we'd heard about. We had our first meeting in the garage and there were, I believe, about eight to ten of us all sharing the same enthusiasm, and so people have bought scooters since that we're wanting to get out. So it's getting out of our apartments and having fresh air, seeing the greenery, and we go over lots of wetlands where we have ducks, and we all stop and look at those. We get lots of hand-waving, and everybody gets a kick out of seeing us, and we enjoy seeing the children. We go by several park areas where the children are playing. I rode with the scooter club, I interviewed them, I learned about Mel, and a lot different than the motorcycle I ride. And I got lost on the trail coming back one time, and Mel, as a former fighter pilot, studies the routes, plans where they're going to go, and makes sure everybody gets home. That's his mission. I got them home safely, and that's what he said during World War II when he got the bombers home. I got them home safely. So that's, that's the essence of Mel Hayes. Everything I do, I plan. I did it yesterday. I'm all ready to go. I take my maps back there. This is my my hat. And we're all ready to go. Mel is a stickler on charging up your battery the night before because if your battery dies out there, you're stuck. The last little episode was, let's see, uh, Florence run out of electricity. So we left her at a spaghetti factory down at 185th and Union and then called her daughter. She come and got her. So that's how we work it out. So Mel is, it, it's the old World War II fighter pilot. Is your battery charged? Mm-hmm. Let's go. I was an instructor for a year training pilots and I wanted to go fight. So I got in a raffle and they drew my name. So I got to go overseas and fight. I had a big crash in uh, Yugoslavia. It was devastating. Didn't hurt me, but I was pinned under my airplane for an hour. They had to dig me out, chop the side of the airplane out. So I've had a lot of experiences. I, I could imagine Mel as a fighter pilot when I watched him. He would go around and organize people, and he was definitely in charge. As Mel's body truly did, as I said earlier, betray him, he had a choice. I can sit in my room and watch 12 hours a day of TV, or I can go out through those doors and come back. And the fact he is in control of his destination, his return, and his journey empowers him. 
And the beauty of this story is that by starting that club, Mel found purpose in his life. The other day, I followed him for the first time, and I, it's kind of hard for me to express, but I thanked them all for making me feel good. Because when they enjoy it, I, I feel like I've done something. They get out, get fresh air. I feel like they've accomplished something. And all of us need purpose. It's not just 97-year-olds. It's, it's all of us. And people liked it. He's a natural leader. And that was fun to watch. So he started when he was 93. Yes. He's 97 now. Yes. He's going to keep going. As long as the battery stays, the battery that's as hard and the battery in the machine. <laughs> and when I met these people, it, two things struck me. All of them had lives before they were living in this re- retirement community. And with elderly people, we don't think about that. I met a retired dentist a woman who was the first neonatal nurse up in Seattle. And we look at these people as old and sometimes feeble. They're on scooters. And when I rode with Mel on the scooters, I initially thought, oh, this is kind of funny. But when we were on the route, you could see them looking at the ducks, at nature, waving to people who went by. And it was just the ability to have some freedom to get outside and remind themselves, I am alive. Very powerful. There's a spiritual component to what Mel Hayes does. It has given us the ability to be out in the open like we used to most of our life. This is Oli again, one of the Scooter Club members. So it's just given us a really nice outlet and lifted our spirits. We can just go forever. It's it's unreal, the places we can go. And the scooters, they're kind of fun to ride. How fast does that baby go? I'm going to call it a baby. Let's let's (laughs) call it a toddler. (laughs) It's maybe going uh, a fast walking clip. So you're not like trading in your motorcycle yet? No. But I did get, I I took my motorcycle out there with all my leathers for Mel to see. Mel had a motorcycle in his young days, so he was a a fun guy. What kind of bike do you have? Triumph Thunderbird. Yeah, I think I told you, I I worked at a Harley shop before I started at a newspaper. I could not afford a Harley, but I had a Yamaha Maxim. Okay. That sense that, that you get leaning on a bike, I think is really great. It allows you to feel the wind, and hear things. There's no distractions. So so it clears the mind out. There is definitely that sense of freedom. I know that that's sort of cliche, but you're you're feeling the wind on sort of all these parts of your body in a way that you don't get in a car, and it does make you feel like you're more connected to your surroundings. And you made the point right there, that's what people on Mel Scooter Club feel. Yeah. They are in control. It might not be the kind of control somebody 25 would think is, in, is freedom, but it is to them. When they get outside, they stop, they go, they make turns, they look, and all of them go inward. There's, not a, there's nobody talking on that trip. And when you're in the middle of it, as I was, I couldn't help but think of them as young people working. And it was what Mel gave them. And what the people who watch them give them, a wave, a recognition. It was a very powerful story to be a part of. It was, it was fun to do. Did you talk to Mel after 
the story came out? Yes, I got a, a card. I talked to Mel, thrilled, but I also got a thank you card from the Scooter Club. And they all put their ages on there. They wanted me to know how old they are. And I, I thought that was really beautiful. And it's a card I will keep. How old, like, what were the age ranges? 97, 95, 91, late 80s. These are people that really are ignored. And when you go to a assisted living or a senior center and you walk down the hallways, you have to realize every one of those people had a full and rich life with pain and dreams. And, and, and Mel is a classic example of that. His is a life well-lived. And that's, that's the beauty of a good story. After it came out, lots of attention. Mel Hayes was invited to another retirement community to see if he could start a scooter club there. He's a hero in the community. To me, it shows the power of story, what you, would, you and I do. It really does make a difference in a life. 97-year-old guy, World War II fire pilot, but he's living in an, uh, an apartment in a senior-assisted living. Because of our story, our video, he's known by thousands and thousands and thousands of people because of the, the Internet around the country. He was really surprised how interested we were in writing this. I don't know if, if that came across when you were interviewing It is, him. and I think the kind of stories that I've been doing all my career are just like that. They're like, why is this interesting to you? And sometimes I'm not even sure why I'm interested, I, but I'm curious. In an earlier podcast, you talked about how you're very uh, data-driven, investigative, and like a detective. I'm curious about why. Why do you do that? What do you get out of that? Tell me about you. And when I do that, I often peel back what I think is going to be the story and find the more powerful story that is buried under layers of nobody ever asking them. If you want to read more about Mel and see a video of them out on the trails, check out the link in the show's description. You can also find it online at OregonLive.com. If you like the podcast and you want to hear more Tales of Oregon Lives, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.